You know, sometimes you got to learn to love what's good for you. You know what I mean? Hello and welcome to Charlie Swan's Toxic Turn-Ons. This week's subject of obsession is the world's most wanted man, Harry Styles. This episode was recorded pre-hashtag spitgate, so you've been forewarned. The biggest Harry fan I know and I sit down to chat about Styles' meteoric fame and the fanfiction, fantasy, and desire it has sparked across the globe. So, what exactly does it take to become the world's most wanted man? Let's find out now. I have known you for a very long time, and you've, like, do you think that your, like, fervor over Harry Styles, over this man, has, like, faded with time, or do you think it's gotten, like, more intense, or do you think it stayed the same? No, I think it's, I think it's gotten more intense because he's matured, too, as I've matured, and so, um, it just, like, you are constantly learning new things about him to admire so I don't think that it's uh I think I am I don't think it's decreased (laughs) maybe on the stay the same slash increase side so you've grown together (laughs) yeah we have if you think about it um like the first time I heard what makes you beautiful we were 15 and now I'm 25 almost 26 that's crazy. I, I'm really excited to talk to you about this, mostly because out of all of the people I know, and I know a lot of women who like, love Harry Styles, like, literally, I know girls who are like, I'm thinking of not eating dinner for um, like the month of November, so I can go to Harry Ween. And they did that. Like, I know so many women who are like, really, really obsessed with Harry Styles, but you are definitely at the top of that list. <laughs> don't flatter me (laughs) like you as like in my circle of friends are his number one fan um and most of the people that I've talked to in the past couple episodes have been talking about things that like I also partake in like stories or fantasies or like obsessions obsessions I'm gonna call it an obsession yeah you can you can like I I have partaken in the one in the people that I've talked to like the ones that, that we've been talking about but Harry is not ever one that I've really like like, I get it, but I'm really excited to, like, hear someone describe, like, what is it? Like, Rolling Stone literally just named him, like, what? Like, the most wanted man on the planet? Like, what is it? Like, like what is it? I think that, you know, he's really come into his own, like, after, you know, as he's been a solo artist. But just, like, One Direction in general, obviously was very big still is big for for like 1d fans but like people are now who were not a one direction fan will say i'm a fan of harry styles and that's because of i think you know who he is he really creates this kind inclusive really accepting atmosphere um for fans and then he, you know, was, loves to break gender stereotypes. You know, he has his own line of nail polish and will wear a sparkly jumpsuit. And women, at least in my experience, a lot of heterosexual women like 
when a guy isn't a toxic douchebag. So it makes him more attractive that he can like get into a more feminine side. I see. So like, I think something you said was really interesting. Like it sounds because most of his fans are women. Um, despite the fact that he's like a rock star now, you know, he's like a David Bowie level and him and David Bowie have a lot in common, I think. And, you know, plenty of David Bowie had his own like horde of obsessors, but it's, I think something interesting you said was like, he holds like a really safe space for women. Like he has like a really positive, like he holds a really positive like atmosphere and space for his fans. Yeah. For women, for everyone, for um, a lot of members of the LGBTQ plus community as well. I think that, you know, a lot of his fans in the One Direction era were young girls. And now though, I think he's like at this point where like guys are like also like, oh, I like Harry Styles. And they're, you know, more like they see someone so big and, you know, successful wearing, you know, just like, like any rock stars did, you know, Mick Jagger, Bowie, like they all also had like a a feminine, like looks at times as well. And so I think, yeah, they had like like, an androgynous thing. Yeah, which Harry sometimes dabbles with um, in his fashion. And so I think that like more people other than like the stereotypical fangirl are becoming fans of Harry. So I definitely get that. Like, first of all, he's an extremely masculine looking person, clearly very masculine looking, but he does inhabit sort of like this androgynous space. And I I know that what you said is true. Like his fans feel like the sort of culture around him is a really safe space. So I sort of see that it's really new to see like such a masculine figure, like not exhibiting like sort of the toxic masculinity that you were talking about. You're like, women don't get to see that a lot, like a super masculine figure, not inhabiting that masculinity in just like a really aggressive way. Right, right. Like, you know, he's known for at his concerts running around with the bi flag or Black Lives Matter flag or any, like he will take stances on social causes to be inclusive in a way that I don't see a lot of other men do, like successful male musicians do. So all of the reasons you've given, I totally get. I think they justify the obsession, but I don't know that they explain the obsession. Is it just that he, like you specifically, love this, love this man, have spent now close to $1,000, maybe more in your lifetime. Oh yeah, and the amount of One Direction concerts that I've been to. <laughs> just to see this man perform live, like there's got, there got there has to be something some essence of his that just really like hits home for you. Like, is it just that he's an attractive man who's willing to wear sequins? No. And, and that certainly wasn't the case. Like in one direction, he didn't start off wearing sequins in one direction. Um, So the kind of like the breakout of one direction, Harry is different than he is now. But I think now as I've like, matured a little it's like those things about him that are really meaningful to me um that we didn't really maybe fully see before so 
what do you, I mean, this is really going back, but what do you think it was when you were 15? Like, cause were you a hairy girl? Like, were you always, was it always yeah. hairy? I'm glad that you asked. <laughs> so I was definitely a hairy girl, even though I do feel like in one certain friend group, I, one girl was like, no, I'm a hairy girl. You have to be Liam because everyone got their assignment. But no, I definitely have always been a hairy girl. And I think what's maybe a little bit different about um, the way that One Direction um, like blew up was when they were on X Factor, they had these weekly video diaries. So each week, um, all of the contestants made a YouTube video, just straight like one shot camera point talking and you got to see their personalities in a way that I don't know if you saw with other bands that were like coming up at the time. And so fans could, you know, easily pin certain characteristics on each one of them and then kind of like take that and run with them and create this like idea of who this person is. So, you know, just some basics. Liam was like the nice, responsible, good guy. He was, they often called the daddy directioner. He was like, kind of had that big brother parental energy. You know, Niall was supposed to be the funny, fun loving guy, easygoing. Um, and I'm sure that their management leaned into all of this as well and helped perpetrate this in the media. Um, Louis was supposed to be like kind of sarcastic, takes no shit, kind of a little more like the leader in that sense, um, despite what uh, Liam has said recently. Um, Zane was supposed to be kind of the bad boy, the dangerous one who was mysterious. And then Harry was the charmer. He was... What he got pegged as the womanizer very early on, and he was the youngest. So, you know, he was closer in age to me than any of the other ones, which made him in my mind more attainable. Um, and probably in the mind of young teens. And he started to break out as kind of like the Justin Timberlake, I think, very early among among them in the early stages so it kind of made sense to me why he got this kind of hysteria built up around him more so than compared to the other boys I see so he's handsome he's talented they've sort of sold this image that he is like a womanizer but he's also seemingly very charming and very and respectful these boys these boys had media training down pat. Like any time an interviewer would try to fish them for any kind of question, they were quick to be like shutting down anything that like objectifies women. And that's hot. Mm, I see. So he's like a ge- he's like a gentleman. Like he has a sense of chivalry, like people attach this to him. Yes, for sure. That's so funny. Especially because, so every woman I talk to, including yourself, who, like, loves Harry Styles, like, they really feel like they know him. Yeah, and that that's definitely not true. I feel like I know him less now than I used to think in One Direction, because I think he's a lot more um, 
not strategic, but like, you know, he doesn't run his, it doesn't seem like he runs his own Instagram account. You know, he's very like specific with what he says and what, what interviews he takes. And so like any media that is out about him, I'm like quick, I need to consume it to learn more about him and like learn how his mind works. He's a little bit more mysterious to, you know, the general public and what he allows the public to consume. But then you see these like TikTok videos of him at concerts and he is just the funniest, charming person ever. And it feels like genuine and for his fans. I mean, he's a rock star. All very famous people are selling a character. They're selling a persona, which he clearly is. But it seems like what you keep touching on is like, he's so genuine, like he's so genuine and gentlemanly. And now that he's even more famous as a solo artist, he holds back a lot of information about his life and and details about what he's like. So anytime I've seen it, anytime there's an interview or there's music or there's a music video, like people pounce on it. They go feral for it. They just want more like so badly. So he's almost like this perfect recipe right now for women to like obsess over. It's like the little bit that they have of him is so attractive and he like the rest like he's just like holding back in this very mysterious way so it's kind of this like perfect combination exactly and now actually it feels like an overexposure because his last album Harry's House is so big um as it was his single got like a billion streams or whatever a couple weeks ago broke some records he has these he just finished his Europe leg of the tour he has these residencies I know people who are going to multiple I'm considering picking up a second concert just because he's here and I feel like I'm missing out it doesn't seem like any of the women I know who like are obsessed with him and fantasize over him and have read the fan fiction they've read after it doesn't really seem like they're that interested in like meeting him Oh, meeting him is actually a huge fear for a lot of fans because it'll ruin that illusion. You know, on one hand, I hear fans, you know, on TikTok all the time who are like, wow, I just met Harry Styles. Like, he is the sweetest, kindest person. Like, I just had the best interaction. But then on the other side, it's like, he's in New York City for a month right now, and I will not be caught dead in the Lower East Side because I'm terrified of running into him. You know, like, I don't think I want that illusion to be broken, even though, you know, the illusion that I'm going to marry him one day, um, even though he you know, could have the cutest little fan interaction ever where I get a picture or an autograph. I don't think I want to meet him because I am delusional. (laughs) That's so, so actually like everything that you're putting together is kind of, it's kind of proof to me that like, it's not really that toxic, this fantasy, like women don't want it to come true. Like if, if I think that you're a good example and everything that you're saying to me is really similar to conversations I've had with women about Harry Styles before. It's that they want the fantasy. It really has less to do with the man than the fantasy. I think that what you're maybe trying to make sense of is that there is this version of Harry that exists in fan fiction that is so far 
from who he is, um, which is just funny. Um, You know, of course, like I was saying before, with those characteristics, those, you know, um, he's the charmer, the womanizer, Zane's the bad boy, Niall's the funny one. Like, those are all, you know, little stereotypes of them that we can make natural connections to for a fan fiction you know expand on those pieces of information and make a fan fiction out of but with sometimes there are like much darker fan fictions you know about like gangs and murder and drugs and you know all that stuff that like that or like where Harry is you know borderline abusive he's possessive he's you know emotionally like not a good boyfriend but you know he'll change for you he'll go murder someone in a back alley but at the end of the day he loves you and treats you with respect (laughs) those those fan fictions that's like a section out there of fan fiction (laughs) Oh, oh, I know. Oh, I've, I've given, uh, it's funny though, because you're right. You know, after's the biggest one, after's the one that. It's funny that you say that because I don't particularly think after is like, I've read much better fan fictions than after. And that's just one that kind of got blown up and then a book deal in movies. Yeah. So, but the funny thing is, is it's after is supposed to be Harry Styles fan fiction, but the character in that is supposed to be Harry Styles is nothing like what you're describing. He's actually no. very volatile and mean and not, not chivalrous at all. And I'm just like, after, if you think that is a dark Harry, there's darker. Like, I don't even think that after is that crazy. Um, there are ones where they take it a lot further. And I'm not going to, like, pretend to be able to explain why women <laughs> enjoy reading that or not. I don't think, I think that, like, crosses, um, you know, that crosses genres. Like, that's not specific, I don't think, to Harry Styles. I think there are tons of other, you know, books and fan fictions out there that come across those same themes. Um, but it is nice knowing that it's not true to the real Harry and that it's like a safe way to I don't know imagine that well the last episode I did was about Robert Pattinson and a bunch of the characters that he's played that women are really attracted to and and attach a lot of fantasies to and a lot of times they're characters in which he displays a decent amount of violence and the person I was interviewing said um, it's not the violence it's the safety it's like this violent man is actually holding space for a woman to be safe. And I think a lot of times that's what women are drawn to in fantasies where men are violent, Um, not towards them, but towards other people. Um, So when you said like, oh, like he'd murder someone for me, I think I'm seeing something similar. This man who actually does seem to be in real life exhibiting a lot of healthy, positive traits, he's inclusive, he's, you know, gentle and chivalrous and Mm -hmm. he seems to really exhibit this sort of like respectful gentleman gentlemanly persona it seems like women are really enjoying like putting him in the place of like holding that space from them in like a dangerous story and scenario yeah I definitely think that's it because it's because you know that he's probably not like that in real life 
but you also can mm. hear his music and his songs where you know in one of his songs he says like oh I'm an arrogant son of a bitch like he knows himself that he has sometimes like just the idea of him recognizing that he has flaws and you know is works on them and is in therapy like also makes it feel safe to then picture him in this other fantasy how much of the fantasy do you think is I think a lot of fantasy is also wanting to be the center of a story and wanting to be special that's something I've heard a lot which naturally you know you're thinking of your your perfect scenario and love and relating and you want to be at the center of that you want to be special but how much of this fervor around Harry Styles do you think is because he is the most wanted man in the world and the idea of being picked by somebody with that much clout is just really really deeply attractive to a lot of women that seems attractive to me I mean it's hard because um obviously I haven't read all of the fan fictions out there in the world but there are many that are not canon where like Harry is not a famous person. He's like just a regular guy in an alternate universe. And I think that really makes it real for people where, you know, they picture Harry in his physical attractiveness, give him some of the characteristics that he displays and then create a world where he chooses her. But he always has clout in the, in, in the fan fiction, you know, even in after he's he's cool guy on campus you know he picks this kind of dweeby character this girl um and like that's you know in that she becomes special like in that spotlight um and in a lot of the fan fictions or at least the ones I've looked at he always has some kind of like special and charm around him and like not to talk about love but it's like it's you're falling in love with Harry in the fan fiction and he's falling in love with you. So Hmm. it's, it is really romantic. It's really romantic. And then, you know, also sometimes it's really sexual. A lot of girls are not, a lot of girls are not taught to be sexual. Like our society does not like girls being sexual. And this, you know, one direction fan fiction is like, this space where girls write fantasies for each other. That's sweet that this man who's simply just a musician, well, now he's an actor too, but it's more than that because the musician thing, trust me, I've, I get that. And that used to be a huge thing for me when I was younger, this very mysterious, enigmatic, extremely talented. The talent is really, I think a big ingredient to that sort of trope, but it seems like it's more about the fact that like participating in this culture is like a safe space for women. For anyone. For anyone who, because yeah, no, I I shouldn't just say women because I know that a lot of, a lot, a lot, a lot of people of all genders and orientations fantasize about Harry Styles. So. And write fan fiction about Harry Styles and all that. But yeah, me um, as a heterosexual woman, like I mainly just. Yeah, we can't overlook, we must mention there's a ton of gay fan fiction about Harry Styles where he's yeah. like in love with another member of One Direction or another man. Slash fan fiction, if you will. Slash that's it, fan fiction? That's what it's referred to as, yeah. Why is it I referred to that way? 
I don't know, but if you if it's tagged <laughs> slash, that means it's gay fan fiction. Oh my god, that's so funny! I didn't know that. Uh, is that just with the Harry Styles universe, or is that all fan fiction? I've only read fan fiction in the One Direction universe, so I don't know. But <laughs> slash refers to yeah, like same sex or um, at least in One Direction fan fiction. Obviously, there's a huge Larry Stylance in fan fiction, which I don't even think we should get into. That's a whole nother. That's a whole nother episode, but I want to have that episode because I know a lot of women who like that fan fiction. But I, the reason I mostly say women is because it, it's just a fact that only women are reading romance pretty much. But I do know that Harry is holds a little bit of a different space. So I know that he is attractive to many 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 groups of people um no I do find I do find him attractive I do think that he's very very handsome um but the fervor is really what gets me for research purposes I think that you need to go to a Harry Styles concert like you are not experiencing this moment is he really good live or something like I know he's a very good showman but like he's amazing live and he dances, he interacts with the crowd pretty much at every concert. Um, he will pick a sign out of the pit about, you know, a girl and an ex and then ask for the story and then be like, you know, fuck you, Josh, or whoever it is, to the and have the whole arena say, like, repeat that back. Like, he doesn't need to know the story. He just knows that his fan is right and that's just like an automatic validation for for fans (laughs) oh that's that's also sweet a lot of this fantasy is really sweet and I also think that another thing that probably makes it really not that toxic at all is that um well some of the some of the fan fiction (laughs) the fantasies in those fan fictions are quite toxic but what how I think it keeps itself from being like actually in reality toxic is one, it doesn't seem like any, it doesn't really seem like any woman is really all that interested in replicating this fantasy in real life. It just seems like participating in the culture and, and like having the fantasy and the obsession is just something that makes them feel safe to explore like sexuality. Yeah. And let's not forget a lot of the fan fiction that we are referring to here was written when girlies were like 15. Okay. You know, like we were all uh, this is like maybe before we were all critically thinking about, you know, what it is to be a woman in this kind of society. So I'm not saying that they're bad fan fictions, though some of them are very poorly written. I would just say that. Uh, but it, like <laughs> it was because we were so young when we were reading this. And, and like, so yeah, in some of them, they literally kiss in one chapter and then they're like, saying I love you in the second chapter um but in other fan fictions they explore like a lot of deeper more triggering uh themes like grief and like you know trigger warning like SA self-harm addiction Mm -hmm. those themes are also written into some I think very good fan fictions and that's kind of like a healing process for some people to be able to write about that or read about it for you know other people 
that go through the same things. So there's like quality fan fiction and then there is not so quality fan fiction. Right. And then there's this like central character of a guy who just simply seems to like women like not just like them because he you know is sexually interested in them but it seems like harry styles goes out of his way to express that like he likes women and respects women yeah and sometimes harry's the one going through those things in the fan fictions too so ah a good old a good old savior Mm -hmm. fantasy Mm -hmm. well that's definitely another episode (laughs) thank you so much for listening to charlie swan's toxic turn-ons Tune in next week to hear me and another friend chat about Robert Pattinson's romantic essence across many of his characters. For extended show notes that include reading, watching, and listening recommendations, as well as an episode-related journal prompt, subscribe to my substack below.